0: And welcome to the Saturday morning Santa Flange. I'm Matt. I'm Benjamin. I'm so glad you're back. Oh, yes, I am too. Do you know what I see? Hmm. A sea of madness.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I spy with my little eye. Guess what? Right. right before you no, the day you text me, I'm back, let's do this. Let's yes. do some, um, that day I was in class and someone's nephew cousin, uncle, brother, I don't know. Someone's it relation. Last be a nephew or whatever is the cameraman.
1: Was Which one of camera the cameraman?
0: Uh, white beard, white, thin, white hair, white bit works for uh the local TV station here. Uh but he also did some camera work there. Oh okay. You had to film a lot of nights. Yeah, we've I saw filmed, a lot of set photos. Only nights. I saw a lot of set photos. Yeah. And everything. Um so I cannot remember their name, but uh she was showing me photos I went I know what that. She, went, I know yeah, who that I, is. she said the movie's called. Uh, I went Sea of Madness. No. Yes. Hey. And she went, How did you know? I said I know. Uh, I know things because I'm, I'm hip on with the up and coming movies there. But uh, yeah, yeah that's so uh, great. she was talking about it and showing all the set photos and stuff. So we did take a lot of great photos. So, so this is this is a pseudo sequel. This is the direct sequel. Direct sequel to the Bog Man, to the Bog which man. you can see on. Uh, Chiller uh, what It's is, on YouTube now It's on YouTube Full film
1: is on YouTube But it is also on Roku And yep. and Gago Which is Green Apple Go So yeah, Green go. Apple Entertainment Is our producer and distributor mm-hmm. uh, We've got a seven year d- Unlimited picture deal with them And uh, they're gonna produce And distribute all of our films For the for the Bogman anthology universe That we have All, all screen written And I'm one of the only characters That survives All of these, these horrible things And so That's fantastic. I get to play A little bit of a a uh, 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 molder type and, of character in a way an, an Alan Quartermain
0: if you may an Indiana if Jones you might, if, yes. you may. if you may a, yeah. a Mulder and as yeah. long as I've got an
1: arc going then I can keep him build, yeah. keep him growing and building and he keeps going so went through the bog man saw some traumatic stuff saw some friends get eaten and torn apart by the Bigfoot when he was in South Arkansas and then this is a direct carryover so the, the plot of this one is We – two of the surviving characters from The End of Bogman are uh, heading on to a yacht to ask this rich billionaire for money to fund their new show because the body of the Bogman – so spoiler alert for Bogman – Bogman dies at the end right but i still i'm the scientist of the show right but you kept i have the body Uh and so i have gone to great lengths to maintain his secrecy but Mm -hmm. this billionaire has found out about it and so he's intrigued and that's the reason he agreed to meet with us Mm -hmm. and so he gives us our funding we give a handshake agreement and all this other kind of stuff we go out onto the yacht to party and celebrate and have a good time and then all kinds of craziness happens and then there's a storm that just freaks out of nowhere and bam and then all of a sudden I won't give anything away, but we're on a World War II vessel that's drifting out in the ocean. And then we're like, what is this? What's going on? What's happening? So we climb aboard because we've got no supplies and no nothing, and we have to survive. turns out that these scientists on the boat have been disturbing something at the bottom of the ocean, Mm. and things are very upset about it. And then bad things start to happen, and these evil mermaids start to pop up. And so, really, that's the only two words that I have to pitch this to Ooh, people:
0: evil mermaids.
1: Yes, basically, I just say, "What's the movie about?" And or I say, "What's the movie about?" And I say, it's about evil mermaids from the,
0: Oh, I'm in. I'm totally oh, wow. interested. <laughs> so everything you told me about the Australian beaches was correct.
1: Exactly, because <laughs> that's where they come from. So that's how they I, get you. They got the evil mermaids in the Australian evil beaches. In, oh I'll my tell you gosh, what? the siren song is real, bro. <laughs> telling you and it is it's in this movie too yeah listen so we've got a budget time. now and uh w- the last one we just were a bunch of guys running around in the woods and we made a pretty good film out of it but it was good enough to get us a distribution deal in a, in yes. a, in a production company right and, and to, to get your some foot track, in the door and to get on roku like it's, yeah. it's not netflix but it's still it's an actual streaming app that people have heard yes. of us you know so um this time we got some uh, backing and some on some producers and some and some uh, angel investors, if you will, and then we okay. got the, the foot in the door that, as well as that, the names. That's and the what contacts happens and, when
0: the foot gets in the door exactly. and contracts and exactly. connections start being and made. So we
1: made the connections, and we've we've continued to make. One connection after another, and just really people that are big names. Like just last week, I was talking about meeting Rachel Paisalotto at the New Orleans Comic Con. You know, she's an up and coming mm-hmm. influencer and everything else, and she's she could potentially be in one of the next ones. And so, yeah, because she lives in New Orleans or she's from yes, there at least, and, right there. And uh, who, we're going to try to film all these in Louisiana, you know, because Good, of the, yeah. the film hometown. Yeah, hometown. We want to keep the money here and everything else, and so it's Good. great. And we're very proud of that. And. So this one, we pick up the story and things get crazy real fast. And they've already edited the the whole half, first half of it is done. And I'm so shocked. Like, none of the details are there yet. We've got a lot of pickup shots to do. We've still got some of the main big action scenes to film. But what we did was we booked almost an entire week on the USS Kid down in Baton Rouge, mm-hmm. and which is a, a World War II destroyer from 1945. And it's got – it's the most – World War II authentic, meaning it's got all of its original equipment as much as any other destroyer museum in the entire world. And at least in the United States, because these US destroyers. And so it's the most uh, authentic to the way it was in 1945 for, of any other place. And that's where we filmed the vast majority of this entire film. And I'm six foot six, so it was no picnic. And we were all hunched over. And I'm really tall, but I only hit my head once, <laughs> and I'm very proud of that. And I've got one little sore spot up there. So There's only
0: one Scotty start via Star Trek Five. Yes, instant.
1: exactly. Only. One, I know this ship looked know, up, like the back, back of, of my, my hand. Dong. Yeah. 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 And I wanted. To, I tried to add that scene in. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I had I had one line. There's one line where we're in the captain's cabin and I and we have flashlights distributed and, and my line was, "Well, now that we all have lights, let's see what we can find." And I wanted to turn around and just immediately hit my head and bong hit my head on something, but the camera wasn't on me at that time and I it was too late to change it. And it was like four in the morning and so I didn't want to argue about it. <laughs> of course. But it was beautiful because the kid let us stay there. We got to sleep there. We got to eat there. Uh, We we lived basically in the museum. And they opened every day, I think, at 9 or 9.30. And they closed at 3.30 or something. Maybe 8 to 3.30. But at about three thirty, we would all get up because we'd been sleeping or filming the night before. And then at four o'clock, we'd make it over to the ship, and then we would film from about four o'clock to four o'clock, maybe twelve. And then you know, a couple of days we went to seven or eight o'clock in the morning because the sun was coming up. Yeah. And but we would film these sixteen-hour days and just just make it back to the museum in time to. Uh, you know, blow up the air mattress again and, and to just crash right there in the little uh, – the guest room, uh, the mm-hmm. conference room that they have at the end of the hall. And then uh, while we had been filming, as soon as we were done filming, they would get the camera, uh, the SD cards from the film that they had gotten. They would got a little sound and everything. Yeah. They'd take it to the editor who was in the the war room, we called it. And he was splicing together the footage that we had shot that day. So as we get over there, just finish filming for 16 hours straight. We're dead tired, but we're ready to go to bed, but we're still very hyped and excited yeah, because hey, of hey, what okay, everything we did. Over, okay. But he would cut together some of the scenes from that day, so we would watch the dailies, as they say, right? Yeah. And But we were all so pumped because it looked so good. And mm. so to be on Netflix, to be on Hulu, to hit the big boys, you have to have a certain criteria of equipment, right? Right. You've got to have this $20,000 camera or Netflix. Netflix says to even be considered for Netflix, you've got to have one of these cameras that's on this list. If you want to have even be considered for Netflix, you've got to have some of the sound equipment that's on this, and this list, list you yeah. know? and so we have all that stuff now. So technically, we, and we have people well, who know people who and, work for and, Netflix. And what
0: they're doing is that he took the money and they're also investing back into the business, which Oh, absolutely. is what you do, exactly. you, be, you invest yeah. back in the business, and Every make dollar it we better. made from
1: Bogman is going into this, yeah. and, and then it yeah. will go for the next one as well.
0: And then it just pa- and that's and it, why they keep it, looking it, nicer. It's steamrolls. Like di- like Steve Munn's dinner Snowballs, yes. You just keep uh, putting Steve, in more theater. money, right. and everyone just looks better and than the exactly next. And that's
1: exactly what we did. So we would watch the dailies and get so excited because it looked so good on these cameras, and they put the LUTs on it, and it would just look so beautiful. And then we had a lot of inside jokes that would happen because there's so many good moments. This cast and this crew... Bonded, all, all of us bonded immediately. Not That's just awesome. the actors, but the 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 camera crew, the sound crew, the the everybody who was there working every bit of it. They were all of us were strangers at the beginning of the week and best friends. We're st- we still. I've been home over a week and a half, maybe two weeks almost. We have a group chat that hasn't stopped. Like, every day we have been sending each other jokes and That's talking awesome. about the film and explaining, like, the director is cutting it together and he's telling us where we, where we are. Like, the excitement still is going. And That's it, we've been home over a week. And it, it, it's it, it was a priceless, unique experience that I have never replicated. Even in some of the – all the best theater I've done – You know, it's on par with those shows when you're on stage and the whole cast gels. It's on par with that experience. It's just had a different flavor to it because it was a film, because we were on an actual World War II battleship, because we were filming 16-hour days and we were all exhausted and sleeping in the same room and just getting up and doing it all over again. Because we were filming from 3.30 p.m., we were having breakfast, you know, and it wasn't weird. It, we were eating bacon and eggs at three thirty in the in the afternoon, and it was like okay, it's time for breakfast. And then you check your watch, and you're like, oh yeah, it's like four o'clock. But then you just film all day. You have dinner or lunch around one a.m. and then you had, uh, you know, your dinner time meal at six yeah. a.m. and then you know, just go to sleep and do it all over yeah. again. So wow. it's kind of like the best theater performance you've ever done, but it all happens in the middle of the night. Now, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then also, Different like, times. time has no meaning anyway when you're in the bottom of this ship. And so most of the film is shot... There's no windows. We weren't around any portholes or anything like that. Like, it was dark and, and very eerie in there because it was lit in a way that these creatures from the bottom of the ocean... Are transforming the ship quite literally as well. So like the walls are breathing in one scene, you know, and there's yeah. goo dripping out of them and stuff like that. And I'm, I have the line, the scientist line, like, "Don't touch this," you know, it could be poisonous I, or whatever.
0: I, I, I saw a spoiler in one of the pictures. Did you? Uh, the that I uh, sent you? Uh, no, no, no. Uh, that that this lady showed me. Okay, and yeah, what, it the was spoiler. A, uh, well, spoiler I, alert! I, I see a dead body. Oh, okay. You know and what it looks like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. After, after the fact. Well, so. you, you don't. Oh, okay. I know what you're talking. You about know now. what I'm talking yeah, about yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. That I was like, like, I don't think
1: you should show me this one. I, I think that, I know I, who died. Think, well, if I figure out who it is. I think but. his name was Herman. Uh, okay, that's what we named him anyway. Okay, it was Herman. There you go. So it was, yeah. it was a good prop. Yeah, we had a really good shot. It uh, was in a really tight hallway. Most of it was shot in very tight hallways. and
0: uh, Well, I mean, that's what this... Was, that's all it was. Th- that's right. what it was, yeah. But it was so amazing
1: to... We filmed a lot of it in the mess hall because it was one of the biggest rooms, right? And so a lot of it got shot in the mess hall, but right out of the mess hall are all these bunks, and you've got them four deep. You know, you have to roll into it. There's no climbing into bed. Like, you have to roll into your bed, and you are six inches from the person above you and six inches from the person below you. There's no room f- to maneuver at all. And But we were in there for so long and we were so tired and it was so much set up between shots. It's like we would sleep on this ship in, in these World War II barracks where these people lived and worked and died and all kinds of craziness happened. And it was really great because the crew that actually worked on the kid, uh, the people who worked for the museum,
0: mm-hmm. we got
1: to know all of them on a first name basis. I have several of their phone numbers. We signed. That's all, awesome. we all signed autographs and autographed posters for them at the end yeah. because by the end of the week... They were so excited uh, that they were bringing in like junior people who worked for the museum because we had to be supervised everywhere we went. Right, right. Because uh, it was it's it's a literally a living legends kind of thing. There's artifacts everywhere. We can't break anything. And the first day they were pretty strict. For it us. makes sense. They were like, "This is how it works. This is how we're going to go. You got to be led into this place in this area, and you know this is the rules." And of course, it makes sense. They have to preserve it. That's their main job.
0: That's their job. But by
1: the end of it, they were just having fun, as much fun as we were, and so much so that they would bring it in the people who were who just started, you know, a few months ago. And they're like, "Oh, I've never seen a movie." They filmed several movies there over the years and years. You know, they did Greyhound. Right. Tom Hanks did Greyhound there in 2020, and uh, so they've seen they've had really big big productions come in. So Apple Plus, that's on Apple TV, I believe, and uh, uh, so Tim. Is uh, bringing in people just because I want to watch? How does this work? And so they're laughing and having a good time. They're cracking jokes with us. Uh, they 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 would find a, a nook somewhere in a, a hidden room, and they would always know which way the camera was pointing, and then they would know to get up and oh I got to move
0: I got to move because I getting seen. But otherwise it.
1: they would find a hidden nook that we didn't even know where they were because they were they knew the ship so well, and then they would just sit there and watch and watch us film and everything. And I asked Tim. I said so what's the biggest difference between like a production a big production like Greyhound versus us? And he's like oh, yeah it's kind of pretty much the same. Everybody was in A good mood and had a good time like this, but the only biggest difference is that uh, the scripts, because they know their lines, they get it this certain way, they get it this certain way, they go boom, boom, boom. All right, moving on, next scene. And so they're very much more methodical because they've just done it more. They know what they need, they know how much time it's going to take, and they just cruise through it. Also, Mitch plays very fast and loose with his scripts, so if it sounds more real this way, he encourages you to say yeah, it that way.
0: Yeah, and you notice that from writing scripts yeah. that I've done. Yeah. Uh, we'll write it, and I'm not opposed. I'm not opposed yeah. if, it if it sounds like better, a flow that if it, if it, it. was with, with the character yeah. and lets it, then let's You m- have let's a very similar it.
1: style with your scripts, absolutely. Yeah. And I would say that a good chunk, that's just how it works, a good chunk yeah. of Bogman, the, the, the cuts that they used were improvised lines that, that we did, and mine and two. And this one as well. Like, I've already seen a lot of the cuts that they've chosen. And yeah. almost every scene of mine that we've done was an improvised line just in the moment that, that I did. Just in the flavor of the character and in the same vibe of what I needed to say. But it was not on the page as written. It was just kind of just came out that way because it was just in the moment. Right. And it was it was terrific in, in a camaraderie kind of way. I, honestly, one of my favorite moments to, to highlight what I'm talking about is we had a scene in the middle of the movie where the scientist that I am playing, Dr. Benjamin Martin, he's trying to find out where we are because we get we get enough of a signal on the phone, and uh, long story short, we get, tra- tra- we get we triangulate get to make, get to make one phone call, and so we have barely figured out the coordinates of where we are, right and i'm and so this scene we're about to shoot is me getting the one phone call out and and calling somebody to give them our coordinates. I was like, "Well, how did I get the coordinates? I'm just here in this dingy basement kind of thing and there's no light. I don't even and the set the the set crew has uh, put literal trash on the table like just to make it lived in kind of thing. Yeah. I'm like, "Well, this is, just looks stupid. It's just going to be little trash on the table and me with a notebook and a pen like how did I get these coordinates?" And so, I need a map. Can I just have some kind of a map just in the distance or something? So I go upstairs, I tell Tim, who's the main guy working for the museum. And I said, is there a map, like an artifact, that I can just have in the shot? I won't yeah. touch it. I won't go anywhere near it. But can we just have it so that it looks like I was looking at it, you know, like a World War II map? Yeah. And he says, uh, how soon do you need it? And I said, eh, like five, ten minutes maybe. And he says, I got you. I can't get you an authentic one, but I got a better idea. And so he gets on his walkie-talkie, radios to the people in the museum still, gets them, gets them, a sends a runner halfway to meet them across the thing, and so one person comes running from the museum this way. One person runs from the ship this way. they and meet they in meet, the middle with a prop map from the museum gift shop. Bring it back to me. Smart. And then unfold it to a certain page. And then the sound guy takes it. He gets it. He's like, here's your map. Da, da, da. So thank you, thank you. Real quick. We're getting set up. Sound guy starts rolling it up and, and tearing it recording apart. making it, yeah. it No, he's, he's, uh, he's recording oh, it. But he's, he's me- also, messing it up. He's literally messing it up because he's, yeah, he's trying to put it, wrinkles in it and crinkle yeah. it and stuff like that. So he's crinkling this thing for the last two or three minutes. They get it to me and then the director comes over and is like, oh, we can't have it in the shot. And I'm like, well, why not? He said, because of continuity. We filmed the first part of this yesterday and you you didn't have it on the table yesterday. I was like, oh, all right, I'll figure it out. So I just rolled it up and I threw it next to the table next to me. And then he's like, all right, and action. And so we start doing the scene, da-da-da-da-da. And I get on the phone. And then it just hits me in the moment, like this is when I would have the map. So I reach down, pull it up, just whip it out across the table with one arm. And it's like, okay, here's our coordinates. It's two five dot six seven, da-da-da-da-da. And I is like all panic and it was just great. And then I was like, Did you get that, Richard? And I'm calling out his name and then the phone goes dead, of course. But then I'm just and then we have the final moments and da-da-da. And we and we finish the scene. And then I was like, oh, oh, that was perfect. It was exactly right. It's like, okay, let's do one more because we got to get it from this angle. So I put the mat back down. Yeah. And then I just, right at the exact, no no rehearsal, no nothing, right at the exact oh, moment yeah. again, I just knew and felt when to pick it up. Just, poof, poof, it rolled out perfectly again. And I was like, here's our coordinates. Da-da-da-da. And it felt very much like the Goonies kind of moment. Like, lay yeah. up the map. and just, uh, here, let's put the doubloon on the table and we'll going to figure this out. And... Like the, the point that I liked that scene, A, because it was slightly improvised, B, because it felt right in the moment. And as an actor, uh, you probably know what I'm talking about. Like your best performance, when you get off stage, you really don't remember what happened yeah. because you were so in it. That you can't even remember what you did yeah. to make it so good. Wasn't
0: that you were just reciting the lines? Exactly. You were speaking them so you don't remember character. it yeah.
1: because it was just such a flow and it just yeah. it's an energetic uh, uh, unification of the audience and the actors in this whole show. And that's what makes theater and, and movies and film so great. Mm-hmm. So it was a combination of that and me not having memory of exactly how it went down. Uh, and then, uh, but like the, the, even the film crew the film crew and the museum crew, everybody worked to make that scene happen. And then the director saw it, and he was like, that was perfect. That was perfect. And I was like, you want to do a third one? And I was like, no, I loved it. It was so good. I don't want to mess it up. This no, is no, a good time. No, let's let's, let's, good let's move on. So we only shot it two times, and that was it. Nice. It was so, it felt so good. and But everybody contributed to it. Like, every single person down there right. all made that movie happen. And that awesome. times 100 is what that entire week was. So we That's spent awesome. five days on the kid with that kind of vibe constantly and if we weren't helping each other out we were uh, laughing about it and making the best jokes we have so many inside jokes that I cannot even tell you about I can't even begin to tell you about and some of them have to do with beaches in australia yeah and uh, it was just unbelievable and and it, the, the jokes that came out but also the acting was so quality because the this is a cheesy horror film right it's a it's yeah. an indie horror film so it's going to be hokey cheesy actiony fun it's silly vibes to it but it's also got some very, very good moments and some very, very good actors who are really passionate about what they do. Of course. Uh, there was one girl there who went to the Lee Strasberg School of Acting when she was 17, which is oh, wow. like one of the best schools in the freaking world. Yeah. And uh, that we got to talk about acting, and, and she would just deliver a line to me in a different way we'd do three takes of one line that she would have and she would deliver it at me in an entirely different way like the first time she'd do it like very sexy and I'm like oh okay well, and then so the next time she'd be furious and, and and angry as if it was my fault that this happened and I got to react because she knew that my facial expression would react to whatever she was doing and we were playing off of each other and, and, what, and this was at the end of filming so she, we'd already gotten to know each other a little bit and she knew that she could throw these different emotions at me delivering the same line and that my face would be <laughs> okay what's happening you know, or it would be. Oh well, all right then. You know, and yeah. stuff like that. So that was so fun to work with people who really knew their craft. You know. Yeah. And we have a guy who's a professional wrestler. He's done like three hundred wrestling matches, so oh. he knows how to perform in front of a, a camera, in front right. of a crowd, and right. to keep a keep a hype going and everything else. And very, very fit, good looking guy, and it's so much fun to talk to. Just uh, uh, terrific, uh, uh, terrific people uh, from top to bottom. And the acting was great, and we had such a good camaraderie. It was such a unique experience. Like, none of us really wanted it to end, even though physically we probably couldn't have kept going at that pace. And so, thankfully... Uh, for the very last day of filming on that Saturday, we went to uh, near Biloxi, uh, and we drove mm-hmm. over from Baton Rouge to Biloxi and got four hours of sleep the night before and just cruised over there to a, a friend's yacht, who let us just gave us the keys. He's like, "I trust you guys," and just dropped the oh, keys wow. to the yacht in our hands. And so we had full full mm-hmm. reign to the yacht for the entire night, and that was you know uh, the end of the shoot, but it was the beginning of the movie. So that's when we're going up to. And I had my Australian hat that I bought in Australia Ah. my souvenir because for my character I'm the one asking for money right and so I I was like well what would I have you know and so I had my hat on from Australia as a little bit of a nod to my Aussie friends uh, because I want to show them the film uh, when it comes out. But I also bought a bottle of wine just at like a convenience store when I was on my way there because I would come with a gift. You know, if I'm coming to a, this billionaire's uh, yacht asking for money, I'm going to come bearing gifts. But I also wanted the character that I was playing to come like hat in hand. So, you know, the movie Hunt for Red October uh, at the very end when the Russian ambassador is like, sorry, we lost another submarine. We, we, yeah, we we've right, lost right, another yeah. submarine. Uh he literally takes off his hat and has his hat in his hands, and so because the director wanted him to have hat in hand, which is begging for something, and that's what I did. And so I got to the billionaire, and oh. I took off my hat, and the whole scene where I'm having the conversation with the billionaire, my hat is just in both hands, and I'd given him the wine, and that's all I've got to offer. And then, you know, it's just a little subtext kind of thing, but uh, we got to the the beauty of it is the yacht is supposed to be like, you know, we're having drinks, we're having a good time, we just got all this money – and so we'd had this week to bond, and and we're all just living the best life. We're we're at this point we're delirious because we're so tired. Yeah. But also we've become best friends over this past week, and we're crying, laughing over the worst jokes and you know stuff that like how did I ever think that was funny? Oh yeah, it's because I was sleep deprived for a week. Yeah. And, and it was four in the morning. And again. you're with
0: a bunch of friends. And
1: I was with a bunch of great people. And when you're acting. You have to be very raw and vulnerable because you're doing a lot of stuff that isolated it can make you look very, very silly.
0: <laughs> like right, yeah. You,
1: you're doing things that are not in the norm, and, and you have to act like a mermaid is eating your face. You know, you have to act like you're throwing up your teeth. You know. Yeah. That's not a sexy thing to do. It's to throw up your own fake yeah. teeth and to have blood pouring out of your And it makes you sound,
0: look silly when you're doing yeah, it. Too. and you you're look like, ridiculous. Because there's no sound and, yet to yeah, it. There's, there's no, no cuts. Sound, there's no, no nothing, edit, there's, there's no, no uh, You don't get to see the uh, light. Lo- lights are much brighter than their other thing so and
1: and and like there's several moments when they have to do quick cut, uh, cutaway shots, right? So you do your master shot from a from a wide angle. You do the whole scene. Like if you're all sitting around the table and then everybody does their whole scene, everybody does their lines. You get a whole five minute scene with the master shot. So that's just a big wide shot of everybody. But then no movie is just a five minute scene of a master of everybody. It's quick cuts you know, of your faces. And as a big important line comes up, they cut to that person's face and then they cut to that person's face. Well, after you shoot the master, then the camera has to go around the table one at a time and we all have to be quiet it and you know, be be in the shot and react with the actor as it's their line, but really, this the, the script supervisor is just off camera and he's feeding the line cue to each actor. So, here's your cue, and then you know, not in character, so here's your cue. This is coming from Dr. Martin over there, you know, and this is what he's saying now, say your line. and The camera's like right here in your face, four inches away, and you have to go through all your lines again. And uh, everybody's basically just sitting there staring at you, waiting for you to get your lines right. Right. And it's really hard to do sometimes, and, and you can get There's caught a lot up. of pressure, yeah. Yeah, and it's also four or five in the morning. Your brain turns on concrete yeah. sometimes, and so you need a lot of help. So we were all very uh, – it's called being generous when you're working with another actor, and you're not on camera, but you're there, and you're giving him eye contact. You're reacting with your face, or you're saying things as if you were right mm-hmm. there and giving your line. Because a lot of like famous actors, they won't stick around for their not close. If they're filming close-ups for not them, then they'll go to their trailer. and like You can just film it with the second AD or whoever is there. And then they have to pretend like the main actor is there to do those lines with. But the actors who stay, they are the ones who understand the value of eye contact and being in right. the moment. They want it to be good. And it's called being generous. But we were all so very generous with each other. And no one made fun of anybody else. And like it was very embarrassing. But after you've been doing that for a week and you learn to trust each other and you learn this person is going to be generous with me, I can be silly and not be worried about anyone laughing at me. And if they are laughing at me, we're all going to laugh because yeah. it's going to be such a good time. And so by the end of the night, the yacht is you know, falling apart. We've got a massive storm coming. We're in the bottom of this yacht. And I have, in real life, a little bit of claustrophobia. And so I go down to the bottom of this yacht and it's OK, Benjamin, you're going to be in the back over here in this corner. And I'm like, oh, my God, there's no exit for me whatsoever. There's no lights down here, no nothing. And I started to panic a little bit. So I was like, can we just can we just do this like for 30 seconds instead of 60 seconds? Like, can you use, I have about 45. It's like, okay, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. And so everybody was helping me out because I was having a little bit of claustrophobia, but I was able to hide in a room in the back. And if I stepped back into that room far enough, I was able to trick my brain into thinking that I had another way out. There and you so go. I was fine. So what we got a couple of really good shots. Uh, at the end, because we had a camera across the hall and a camera down the hall, and so I would start a lot of my lines to this camera right across from me, and then I would finish it looking down the hall. Down the hall, and then I would just step back into the room, <laughs> and so I didn't have to think about being stuck.
0: Wow, it was
1: it was so terrific, and that's just one tiny, tiny example of how good the shot was, or how good the the, the shooting of the whole thing was. And I, I'm honestly so very excited to see it. It I know the movie knows what it is. But we, like I said, we had we had some new additions to the cast and crew. Yeah. People who brought stellar levels of talent and ability. The camera crew continued to blow us away. They would, they would have a shot. There would occasionally be a scene where an actor or two would really hit it in the moment, and the whole crew and everybody would just clap spontaneously because we're like, oh man, that felt great. But then there were also moments when the camera crew would catch a shot just right and the focus would pull just right perfectly to the next line or the next person or the the monster hiding in the corner in the background and the focus would go right to that hand coming around the corner or something. And then we would all see the playback and just like, oh, yes! Like everybody was celebrated and, and everybody had uh, a, a cheering section. Everyone motivating each everyone other. Everyone motivated each other. It was very... Uh, uh, fed on itself sort of vibe and and it couldn't it couldn't have been a better experience to be honest so we've only got a few final scenes to do uh, big action scenes that we didn't have enough time to film and the USS Kid the crew there loved and enjoyed our company so much that they're letting us come back for free Awesome. To finish the movie because awesome. they want us to finish the movie because it, it yeah. means as much to them because it's exposure for the museum and yeah you know, no and, it is yeah people will go I, see I it. couldn't recommend it more highly uh, to go see the the, the ship uh i got to have my own private tour of the greyhound of where tom hanks filmed greyhound i got to have my private tour of the captain's quarters i got to see all that i got to sit in the same chair where tom hanks filmed greyhound in the captain's mess that's awesome and, and hear all the stories about what that shoot was like so i've got a picture of me sitting in the chair uh where he was being served uh breakfast or trying to serve him breakfast and yeah. i've got a picture of me in the in the bed where he sleeps at the end and and uh, all, all these great, nice. like not just Greyhound, like because that was a that was a, a, a history about a, a different captain and a different era on a different ship, basically. But I mean, I also got the inside scoop on the actual USS Kid history and the real history yeah. of these real soldiers who went through this real stuff and and what happened to that ship and and all the things that had been through. And it, oh my God, just absolutely mind blowing place and i can't wait to go back and, and film awesome. the rest of it and see everybody there again. Yeah. And I'm, I'm telling you it was one of the best experiences. And and we're not done yet. So yeah. we're going to get to film the finale probably on Lake Pontchartrain with my friend Sam and near the beach, you know. Right on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. And uh we're going to uh, have him driving the boat so i'm going to have a couple of my friends in it. My niece Tyler uh, might be in it as well because she won a, right a, a raffle ticket for the Bogman. For the so oh. one of the one of the awards was a, a non-speaking role in the next movie. Yeah, so she got to do that. So we're gonna have her in the movie.
0: Awesome. Yeah. So I mean, it, it couldn't have been a better Big awesome. time. Real, real quick uh, before we go, uh, when is the expected release date of this? We are
1: hoping to film the final scenes of the movie in March, so sooner than expected. My guess is that they will edit it and have it cut together probably before the summer, and then they will give it to the distributor, which it's up to them them when they want to release it. And last time, though, The Bogman was released right around Halloween because of its nature. And so I'm guessing that they're targeting Uh another Halloween October release
0: date, yes. uh, It is about the release date. That's the big thing. It's all about the release
1: date. So, uh, you know, Hulu has a big thing where they have Huluween. So they come up with a lot of movies for Huluween and stuff. That's something we're eyeballing and hoping to be a part of. Okay. So I'm hoping for a spooky Halloween release with the uh, Sea of Madness and the Evil Mermaids and the, uh, yeah.
0: I'm ready. I'm ready for it. Folks, if you're ready for it, let us know in the comments. And um, yeah, thanks
1: for talking about it. Look. Any time you want, my friend. Even next Saturday morning. Samo O Flange.